You're listening to the Racer to Racer podcast presented by Race 92. Race 92 is a vintage-inspired racing apparel brand specializing in celebrating vintage race culture and adapting to motorsports today. Check out race92.com to see the many different shirts we offer. I'm your co-host, Aaron Mactia, other co-host. You may have seen him walking out of a great club with a big old smile on his face. You've probably seen him at a dirt track. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Scott Bowie. Hey, Scott. What Hello, Aaron. On? How are you? Oh, I'm man. I good. I got a lot going on. None of it good, bud. <laughs> yep. Well, hopefully, I know, obviously, you've had a um, rough past week losing your mother, and hopefully, um, you know, things start looking a little better for you coming up. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, things are things are all right, man. Just It's been a lot of stuff all at once, but, man, I, I got to be honest with you, looking forward to this. I've been sick since Friday and we just finished a great podcast with a young man and uh, it's really made me feel a lot better and uh, man, I'm so glad I did it and uh, it's someone I've been wanting to talk to for quite some time so I'm so glad we did that. Absolutely. So today we have a great show. The guest is Mikhail Jordan Jr. Yeah, you know, here's a guy I didn't know a lot about but uh, man, I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's uh, just a good dude, man, and just really enjoyable to talk to. Yeah, he's driven in a couple Indy 500s, and this is a guy who's driven in rally. He's driven the – I don't know the – I apologize. I don't know the exact term, but he drives, like, the big semi-trucks in Brazil. Right, yeah. Um, so he's driven just about everything, which is really cool. Um, before we get into news, just wanted to thank everyone for listening and watching. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else where a podcast can be found. We're most likely there. We definitely appreciate all the support. Definitely looks like our numbers have been going up a little bit, so we really do appreciate that. Yeah, I, I can't thank the people enough. Um, and while the number 50 doesn't sound great to a lot of people out there, man, we got 50 subscribers, and that means the world to me because – you know, I can't believe five people want to hear, but I have to say, let alone 50. So uh, I just want to thank everybody and uh, very appreciated and uh, just can't thank you enough. And we're, we're definitely looking forward to future episodes. We definitely have some really, really big names planned, um, some really great ones coming up. Some we've already recorded, some we haven't. So, um, yeah, no, it's been a blast so far and can't wait to see what the future has in store. Yeah, you know, we've got a really, a really big name in auto racing coming up uh, that was just confirmed right at the end of our interview we just did. But I, I will tell you that as, as uh, much as I'm looking forward to doing that one, the one we just did was equally as important. And the one yep. we're, you're getting to watch here in a moment uh, was equally as good. So uh, just, man... Uh, just like I said a hundred times on here before or how many episodes we've done, uh, you know, just thankful that everybody watches. Yep. So, um, racing news, we don't have a lot as much racing news as we may have had the past couple weeks, but, um, NASCAR race. Yeah. NASCAR, they, they had their, uh, they had a really clean race for up until near the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, they ended up, uh, stacking them up as they typically do at the end of NASCAR races. Um, but uh, you, they are set now for the playoffs, and 
Um, Kyle Larson was your regular season champion. And, I have a question uh, about that. Do you know, so a regular season champion, you can't say he's a cup series winner, can you? Is he considered? I don't think so. I, and I and I find that very confusing myself. It is. Um, I, I just, man, sometimes things just need to be, you know, what's the old uh, saying? Kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And yeah. uh, they sure have, while it may not be complicated, it's uh, convoluted. And um, yeah. and that's, I don't mean that against anybody. I, I think that they're just trying to make it, they're trying to make entertainment instead of just letting it be entertaining. And uh, I don't, I just don't think you can manufacture spontaneity. And I think that's, you know, what they're trying to do. Um, but who knows, man, maybe I'm wrong. I, I know the crowd was way up. So, you know, good for the drivers, good for NASCAR. Um, so, you know, who am I, right? I'm just some guy who runs his mouth, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, it was an okay race. I, I actually sat down and watched it. Um, kind of an off race for Larson. Uh, he really wasn't in the mix the entire race. He hung out in the back a lot. Of course, he was supposed to start in the pole. They had some sort of inspection issue, had to start in the back, and then he would run up to top 10 and he'd fall back. And I think he was just maybe trying to keep the car, you know, maybe he was just trying to win it, that. Uh, regular season championship and and instead of just really running hard at it he thought that was the best way to get it yeah well um other news usf 2000 uh miles row won the yep. where were they racing scott you know i don't remember i i do not remember i forgot to look it was up a double header they... i think it was a double header and he won i think the second race yeah and, and i just don't remember where it's at um i didn't bring it up on my phone to look at um but he's obviously part yeah he's obviously part of the force indy um team which was part of the diversity what was the name of the program i'm not sure what they call it race for diversity yeah that again man it's just to me they're racers and (laughs) i just try to um i just try to keep it at that because you you know it to me they're just racers so um, good, good for him. Uh, I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome for that team that has to feel good for everybody. Um, and you know, uh, it, it just has to be so validating for him. And I think Willie T ribs, who was just, we just released his podcast the last two episodes. I think he had a hand in that lean on yeah. Roger a little bit and they put that deal together and, you know, obviously, uh, obviously he knows talent Yeah, and, uh, man, good for him. And, uh, you know, and, and again, man, I, I didn't, I've been sick, like I said, so I, I didn't have a chance to take a bunch of notes and that, but, uh, there is a team that is being formed with, uh, Emmett Smith and NASCAR to run Xfinity races. Uh, it is, again, it's going to be, um, kind of underneath that diversity umbrella. Right. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, that's going to be great. Hopefully that brings a lot of eyes into the sport and a lot of fans and, um, you know, man, things are looking up and, Absolutely. you know, like, and like I said, the crowds were way up. So I, 
man, I, I don't know if it's the fact that people are just tired of being tired or they're just, you know, just ready to get out in the world or, or if it's just a sign of the times that they're traveling. It, it's hard to tell, but, but the, it was a good weekend. Uh, Justin Grant ended up winning, uh, uh, the Kokomo SmackDown. Uh, I think he won two of the races up there, possibly. Uh, so congratulations to him. A uh, big, big weekend for him. So that's kind of um, all there some, was. Something else to mention. It looks like Romain Grosan is going to be racing for Andretti. Yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, that does not bode well for one of our previous guests in yeah. uh, RHR. Uh, and I sure hope he lands somewhere because uh, and I, I definitely think he will. I mean, you look at what he's done in IndyCar. I mean, it, I'm it, it, at a minimum, I think he'll def he's definitely going to be Indy only at a minimum. Yeah. Boy, I sure hope he's more than that. But, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great guy. You know, and then, uh, I mean, we keep saying nothing happened, but Jimmy Johnson took his first oval test today at Texas okay. said he had to let his eyes calibrate. <laughs> Uh, after running some laps there, I see that he even shaved for the event. So I'm not sure what the significance was in that, but um, he uh, he talked about it you know, on social media. He talked about how much he enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully that um, leads to him running the full schedule next year. Um, I know a lot of people think that that will lead him to more opportunities to win, run up front. And, oh, and I, I, and so, I hope man. it does. I hope it does. I will tell you that I think Tony Kanaan is every bit as equal a race car driver as Jimmy Johnson. And, um, you know, it's, it's a tough go for Tony right now. So, um, you know, as great as these guys are, this young group of guys has come along. It's, it's making it tough for everybody. Absolutely. Well, um, without any further ado, we'll go ahead and um, get into the Mikhail Jordan Jr. interview. Yeah, again, thanks to everybody. This is another great one. Uh, maybe you don't know much about him, uh, but he, uh, great talk, very personal guy, and, and please enjoy. Our guest today has two wins in Champ Car and drove in two Indianapolis 500s, one being in 1996 and the other being in 2012. He's driven in many other forms of racing as well. We are joined by Michelle Jordan Jr. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing? Aaron, how are you guys? Thank you very much for having me and Happy to be happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you for being on. And um, yeah, no, I'm, and you've been involved in, as we'll talk about, many different forms of racing. Um, how did you first get interested in racing? Well, I was born at the track. You know, my dad, my uncles raced, um, right. um, you know, and then my dad started promoting races, you know, he racing in Mexico was not very good uh, when uh, at some point in his career. So he had to start promoting so he could drive and then uh, that became his job. So, you know, um, his, his first race he promoted was in 1975 and I was born in 1976, you know, plus my, <laughs> my uncle Bernard, uh, my other, his, my, my, their other brother, you know, they are, they were nine brothers and sisters, but three drove for a long time. Uh, a couple of other, just a few. Uh, my mom's only other brother also was racing at the time, you know, so it was pretty much, I mean, I, I cannot remember uh, <laughs> part of my life without being at the racetrack. 
Absolutely. So when was the first time you actually got in a, um, I, I would get, what, did you first do go-karting or what was the first thing you drove? I started racing cars right away in, oh. uh, I was, I was 12. Um, it was, I don't know if you, you know, like a Formula V, you know, right. with, uh, mm-hmm. the VW air cooled engine, uh, the original Formula Vs are 1200 cc. These are with the latest uh, engine that was the 1600 cc. Uh, but you know, the same, the, the Beatles suspension and rear, the transmission, all, all that. Uh, with a little, a smaller chassis than a Formula V with a roll hoop, you know, to cover it was for kids. It was a class for kids between 12 and 16 years old. So that's, that's, that was my first serious, serious racing. Right. So would you say that your original goal getting into racing was to, um, maybe drive in Formula One or was it to, you know, drive the Indy 500 like your uncle? Well, um, I don't, I don't remember. You know, for me, IndyCars was, I think, was always um, more in my radar. My dad did the two IndyCar races in Mexico City in 1980 and 81. You know, one of the, I mean, it's hard when you're so little, you're, it's hard to remember what's first, you know, but, but I can remember being in a car, sitting in a car and these huge mechanics pushing the car. <laughs> um, so I was probably then... Uh, three or four years old, you know, um, and and then I remember, remember when Jose Legarza was leading the Indy 500 in 1981 as a rookie. I remember watching the race, the same I was in 1981 in May. I was four years old. I can remember uh, watching that, and and then you know the first IndyCar race I remember that I went was in 1980. Seven in Phoenix, my uncle was racing Supervis, and you know, for me it was. I remember my dad talking to Jose Legarza. I, I went to Jose's wedding, uh, <laughs> you know. So, and then he became my boss. My last year in Mexico, he had a team, and I drove for him. So, oh. and then of course my uncle, you know, when he did a couple of races in '88 and did the full season '89, he got hurt in '90, and and in '91 that that was my 15. As I was turning 15 in September, but I got an early birthday present from my grandmother to go and sit in the 500 and to see my <laughs> uncle. You know? and, and for me, I mean, I can remember that day we were in a suite coming out of turn four and poof, it was amazing, you know, and we went to the paddock, to the garage, uh, Sunday morning uh, or Saturday, probably Saturday. And I remember sitting in his car um so you know it's uh, just the greatest event in the world you know and for me i mean i can remember that day sitting sitting there thinking i have to do this race one day absolutely yeah that's that's pretty amazing you know and uh at 15 it had you know, you'd already obviously already been racing by that time so then to to know that you're kind of on that path and then to see what your goal ultimately could be, um, that had to be pretty. Uh, that had to be a pretty strong moment for a, a young person such as yourself at, at the time you were at that time. Yes, I mean I was still fourteen because I turned I right. turned fifteen in September, and I was thinking fifteen because in '96 it was five five years later that I was doing the the race. You know, I was starting the race, and 
<laughs> and uh, of course, at the time, five years felt like 20. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but, you know, it's amazing that five years later, I was, I was racing there. Um, I mean, my son is 16, you know, he just, <laughs> did, he just started his first race uh, 10 days ago. And, you know, it's amazing to think, Jesus, this guy in three years could be driving an Indy car, you know, or myself, I was three years older than him and driving an Indy car. It's, it's crazy to think about, about that. And, but, but yes, it's, it's the only thing I, I mean, it was like, you know, going back is, it was like, I was going to do it, you know, it, it was like a matter of time or when it was going to happen, but it, but I, it, I had I had no doubts in my mind that it, that I was going to do it. Right. At what point? At what point when you started your racing career did you think to yourself, "Man, I I can do this." You know, I I know there's always that want to, but then there's a, always that moment of realization that, "Hey, I can do this." Well, you know. It's in racing in Mexico. There's, I mean, at that time when I was, before I went to the States, the main class I was racing in Mexico was Formula 2, which was based on a, it was a copy of a Ralt RT4, same car as the Formula Atlantics, you know, same, the good, same Goodyear tires they used before the Yokohamas. Uh, and, and the, the drivers there had a lot of experience, you know, like even, uh, my my uncle Bernard after the, Indi- and the after the IndyCars he came back. Carlos Guerrero before you know he uh, he before he went into the IndyCars he did a, a season, uh, well part season he went there. But we had Allenberg which started some Formula One races and 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 a lot of guys that you know raced in Europe and they they were they did good but they they were very talented but just not that little bit to 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 make it you know. So, so I was racing these guys when I was 14, 15. And, you know, at some point I realized, you know, if I, I could, I, I, I was one of them. And, you know, when Adrian, when Adrian went to the Indy cars, you know, he was not racing in Formula 2 before. He was racing in Formula 3. It was the two main championships, but we had many more. It was like in Formula 3, for an example, you know, there was five big guys in Formula 2 was 10 big guys, you know, and, and some were racing in both. And I thought, I mean, for sure, I'm, I'm racing against the guys that Adrian was racing, you know, so, so I thought if he can do it, I can do it for sure, you know, so there, there is no, no reason why I couldn't. All right. So your first, um, so your first time ever on an oval was was it Phoenix in 1996 or did you do some testing before then? Well, I did a test in the West. I think it was called. Uh, that mm-hmm. was my first time in an Indy car in the oval. You know, I was. Everybody thought we were crazy. You know, my dad and myself because the guys, the mechanics, were asking me like, "Shell, um, what have you driven before?" You know, in the Formula Two, it was like 200 horsepower. You know. <laughs> uh, oh, have you raced in ovals? Yes, uh, in the semi trucks. I was racing. I think you can see me better here. Yeah. In the semi trucks, I was racing in Mexico. I was racing like Neon Challenge. So I could, I had driven a couple of oval races, both in a Neon Challenge and the semi trucks. 
<laughs> they thought this guy is going to kill himself, you know. And I looked, I was 19, but I looked like 15 and I was so skinny. My dad says that when I left the pit lane, the guys were high five, you know, thinking, ah, this guy didn't stop. That's right. <laughs> and I did, I did good, you know. My first race I, in the team, we had Fermin Vélez, which had been the IMSA champion. And he had been a world champion in sports cars. Michele Alboreto, which needs no introduction. And Lynn St. James. You know, when they had all this experience and, and I, was, I, I was the fastest qualifier for the team, you know. So, um, you know, looking back, it's like, I mean, I remember, you know, coming into the track into Phoenix and the cars looked so fast. And from the outside, I didn't think I could do it. And even the first couple of laps, the speed, and it was so, so fast. But 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 I I did adapt quickly and um, I I don't know if it was just because I had respect you know I did have big respect because I have and I have always had big respect for the history of the cars and the drivers there you know I was racing with Eddie Cheever, Ari Loyen, like Michele Alboreto I mean all these guys that were so so huge so I did have respect but. Somehow I, I was able, able to adapt quickly for, compared to, to what the, to the history and the cars I had driven before, you know? Right. Absolutely. So kind of talk about your, so your first year at Indy, um, when, when did it kind of set in that, you know, you, you had a chance to race in the Indy 500? Well, uh, I did the first Indy car race in Phoenix, you know, the, this was, like a personal project, my dad had at some point. I remember. I remember uh, exactly the moment I was in the Mexico City racetrack. My dad called me from the office, and I and he said I I went crazy. He 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 met before Dick Simon. It was the first year of the split from the IRL and Kart, and my dad told me, you know, I just called Dick Simon. I I told him, you know, Carlos Guerrero was there with Herdes and that same team. They they were always famous for putting cars in the in the speedway, you know. He thought this is a good chance to make the Indy 500 because, you know, because of the split, the top teams are in in cart. Plus, Dick Simon has always good speedway cars, you know. Uh, so we went to Orlando to meet him, and he, he told my dad, you know, now I I sold it, half of the team to Andy Evans. He makes a call on drivers. First, and he told my dad when he saw me, he's like, hey, you, you want to kill your son or what? He's so small. <laughs> but it's like, okay, let's test him. We tested. We went good. Okay. So we found the, the money, not all the money for to do the race, but we found half of it. And then he said, okay, bring the money and we'll put him in the car. I crashed. You know, my dad was, my dad signed in for, for, for the crash damage. And at the end of the race, Andy came, okay, we'll, we'll talk about the car, but I want Michelle testing next week in, in Indy, uh, for no, 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 no charge, no nothing, you know. So when I was in Indy, I went and did the seat fitting because I raced. I think I raced like in a Lola '94, and I think the test was going to be in a '95 car or vice versa, something. I had to do a seat fitting, and I was by myself in the hotel there in Indy, and <laughs> Andy and the called me and said, "Michelle, are you sitting?" I said, "No," and I was very this is before cell phones you know so i was very obedient and i sat there next to the table and he says okay michelle 
uh, Herdes, the, the Carlos sponsor, which I knew them. Um, I had never driven for them in Mexico. And actually in Mexico for that year, in, I had offers from pretty much every other team but them. So which was very strange because they were, they had Freddy Van Buren, which was supposed to be like the successor for Carlos. And uh, he said, okay, Herdes has contracted nine races in cart plus the Indy 500. And I just told them that if they put you in the car, uh, I'll put the money for the other six races. Oh, wow. And because Carlos had done, I think, if, he, if I remember well, the first race was Homestead. I think long, uh, no, Homestead, Rio, and, and Australia, I believe, and Surfers. Yeah, they had come, just come back from Surfers. And so, so that, that's poof, crazy, you know, because we were working on trying to get the money ourselves to do the Indy 500. And then, you know, my dad came in a little later. You know, I was, I was going to drive in the speedway the next morning for the first time. And, you know, when my dad came in and I told him what happened and we just couldn't sleep, you know, he's like, hey, go to sleep. You're, you're driving in Indianapolis Motor Speedway tomorrow. And it's like, I know, but I just can't sleep. And, and I did good. I remember my first day I, I ran like 220. The wind started picking up, 222. I, I, I went my first day. I think Tony, we were rookies that year, Tony Stewart and myself, and I think Tony on his first day had gone like 221 for whatever. I mean, of course, he went much faster than I did in the in the month of May. But but still, you know, they were impressed. They cut it short. The wind started picking up, and they said, okay, we have to start getting ready because like the, like in 10 days, we had Long Beach, you know, and had never driven a car in 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 a road course. So they said, okay, well, it's good. We'll take you to Firebird. It's kind of know if you guys ever been or mm-hmm. in Firebird, but it's completely open, you know, say, okay, here you can spin everywhere. You, we bring you right. here so you understand what happens. I was, I, I was very obedient again and I was spinning like crazy and <laughs> getting a hand sideways <laughs> everywhere. And I, at some point I remember I was spinning waiting for the car to stop and suddenly just boom, a big hit. And there was like, you know, the holes when they dig for the water to come from one side to the other. Yeah. And uh, I destroyed the, the car. They, and so that was like getting ready for Long Beach. So then like, we went to Long Beach and then to the month of May, it was still a full month of May back then. So it was, it was good. You know, they took me little by little, qualified eight. And I mean, I can, I can remember so much about that that month so I'm coming out of gasoline alley for qualifying it was so cold that day and coming out for the race you know it was all all these great 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 memories all right one thing that um we I've asked a lot of people who race at Indy and a lot of people with like kind of a road course background like yourself do we kind of got answers kind of all over the board, but did you think that the oval was kind of more It's because it seems like a lot of um, road course drivers are very successful their first time at Indy. Do you think that you kind of have to approach the speedway more like a road course because each turn is kind of different or do you kind of view it more as an oval? No, 100% like an oval because, because although each corner is different. Mm-hmm. Each corner is different every day, you know, or even every lap, you know, that you got to be watching the air socks. How do you say air socks? 
no? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wind, yep. wind socks, wind socks. Huh? Wind socks, yep. Wind socks, yeah, sorry. Um, you know, and through practice, I mean, especially the super speedways, they are completely, they are even completely different than a short oval, you know? Um, the wind and how everything has to be so, so perfect, you know, every change they have to measure it. So, so I think it's about, about being patient and trusting the people. And, you know, I was lucky. I was surrounded by very good people that, uh, that first year, you know, and I even, I mean, we went to Milwaukee after that and it was disastrous, but it was, uh, Milwaukee, it, it can do that to everybody. But, you know, at the end of the year, I finished second in Vegas, you know, and I was very fast. So, so it's, you know, it's, I think, you know, in, in, the, in the ovals, you depend so much more in the car. And I think it's about having, having good people around you and trusting them and working with them. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Um, boy, especially for a young driver, like you worked at the time, uh, you know, kind of giving a little bit of a license to say, hey, you can make mistakes. It's We'll get it fixed. You know, don't worry about it. Uh, I mean, that has to be a big thing because if you're, again, at that age trying to, find the limit, but also trying to save the equipment and everything else. It, it's very hard. Yeah. I mean, looking back, you know, I'm sure they kept me with a lot of downforce, but not a lot, but enough. I mean, I qualified eight, so it was good, but I, I'm sure they could, could have still, uh, I could have still been a little bit faster, but, but, you know, we didn't practice many pit stops. That that was but one thing. I mean, we we had a very big problem, and we lost like 13, 13 laps in the pits. Uh, but but they they kept me at uh, at a limit. But you know, the experience it's it's so so relative. You know, um, Emerson Fittipaldi and Alon Ser Jr. and Bobby Rahal at the maximum level of experience with top teams, they didn't make it. So it's not about experience, you know, because right. nobody okay. had more experience. I mean, yes, AJ and Mario Andretti, but other than two of them who had more experience and been so successful than, than Bobby, Lilal and, and Emerson, you know, and Paul, you know, about, it's not about having the, the guts to, 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 to do it, you know, and for right. me, it, it's, kind of similar, you know, I went into 2012 after eight years of not driving an IndyCar. My plan and I told the team always is like, you know, we had to approach it as if I was a rookie. In qualifying, the Hondas were not as strong as the Chevys, but I think I was like in row seven or something like this, six or six, like seven. But in the row right in front of me, it was the two Ganassi, I mean, Dario, Scott and Takuma Sato, you know, like the top mm-hmm. Honda cars. Right. And I was like 0.1 of a mile slower than them. And then the year after I didn't make the grid, you know, I think, of course, I think the car was, was not, not good. And they, they came to think that there was something with the floor. Uh, that year, the team was not as strong, you know, in 2012, Takuma almost won the race that, that and in the race, I kept going forward, 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 and I was in the top 10 after not driving an IndyCar race for eight, eight years. And then 
you know, we made a pit stop in the in a yellow. They called me in when there was a yellow. Um, I came in and they they gave me a drive through under green and I lost a lap and from from the top ten I went to the back. But but you know, I thought ah, I did so good. Next year is going to be easier. I next year I will fight for the win, and I didn't make it. So it's just the ovals. My best races, my best race was Milwaukee 2003, and my worst races were ovals. You know, so it's it's they are just like. It's impossible, I think, to to really have the. I'm sure even Rick Mears and all the top oval guys will tell you they had many terrible oval races. You know. Right. What was uh? Why was did you have such a big layoff between uh, 500 starts? Well, you know, we stayed in cart. Uh, mm-hmm. My sponsors wanted to to be there. Um, and then when they split, you know, long, long story short, I had some opportunities, but my sponsors, they were from Mexico. They wanted to stay in, in Champ Car. Uh, it's easy now to say mistake because, you know, I would have, should have, could have. It's very hard, you know. Um, right. Uh, but then, you know, Ford wanted me to go to NASCAR. I went to to NASCAR and the same. It's such a huge transition and so difficult. And the team went bankrupt halfway through the season. You know, had no much money. So we started. I mean, I had some very good races and some terrible races. You know, but it's if you look at everybody that has made that transition, even in top teams, it's so so difficult. You know. So and then, you know, when the team went bankrupt, had to stop racing, and then, you know, for we went to to Roush, which was for sure a top team, but the same, I did like seven races. I think I tested once. So it's just so hard, you know? Uh, yeah. So I got an opportunity to go, to go to the WTCC. You know, I never raced in Europe, and and although I did race front wheel drive in Mexico, but cars with no power and street tires, you know, going to the WTCC, the level of driving, it's crazy. Everybody's world champion or BTCC champion. It's crazy. And you go there, new track, 30 minute practice, qualifying and race. <laughs> and so it was difficult. It was supposed to be a three year deal. The same like NASCAR. It was supposed to be a long term deal. But when the team goes bankrupt, they go, they're bankrupt, you know. And then the, I, my deal was with Seat Mexico, which is like, you don't have that in the States. It's a Volkswagen brand. Uh, but they changed president. So he stopped the program. And from then, you know, it was a mess. And, and you know, at some point, uh, I actually went to, it all started because with Adrian, he called me once and said, let's go to, to see our old friends. And we went to Vegas in 2011. Uh, and I saw Bobby and we were talking and say, he said, why not we try to do Indy? I said, ah, that would be great. So I came back yeah. and saw the sponsors and they said, ah, we would love to do it. And that that it, it happened, you know, that, so that was good. I mean, I wish, I mean, it hurts for me so much that it was my, that the year after was my last moment and to finish, uh, I, it was not a, a really successful career. I was not a champion, but I did, I did decent. And for, for me to have, to come out of the car for the last time like that, it was quite, quite painful, not the year after. 
Right. So by yeah. 2012, did, did you expect to ever drive in the 500 again? Like, was it ever in the back of your mind, like after you drove Champ Car, like, I'd like to drive the Indy 500 again? Or was it just something that just kind of came up and you're like, I'm going to do it? Well, I always wanted to do it for me. I mean, Indy is so, 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 so big. And I went to see it a couple of, a couple of times, even when I was in Champ Car. I remember, mm-hmm. I think, in 1999. In 2002, uh, Rahal entered the car for for Jimmy. You know, we were teammates, and right. he drove the Miller car there. And I was begging Bobby to to put a car. <laughs> we were trying to find the money, but we couldn't find it. But you know, when I went to NASCAR, and it was out of the radar, you know, and so so it was not much in my mind. So after when when Bobby mentioned it, and you know, so it's like yes, let's let's try to do it. Yeah, and you had a lot of success. I mean, what I would call a lot of success with, with uh, Bobby. I mean, getting two wins in that era, I mean, great accomplishment in my book. You know, especially you won one, what, at St. Louis. You won, got one win at St. Louis, and the other was uh, in Canada, right? I went. I won in Milwaukee and in Canada. Mar- yep. And, and you finished okay. third. You finished third. So yes, I mean, yes, I mean it's 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 one of those that you, you know going back. If if when I was 18 years old, you you would have told me, Michelle, this is going to be your career. Of course, it's much much more much much more than I could have ever dreamed of. But once you are there and you are so close to much more, you know, I was quite close to. I mean, I led the championship in 2002 and 2003. You know, in 2003, so many things went wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and still finished third in the championship in a single car team uh, versus, you know, a Forsyth with Paul and Patrick and Newman Haas with uh, Sebastian and Bruno, you know, Patrick racing with Oriol, I mean, Adrian. I mean, there was so, I mean, there was, it was not easy, you know, so. So of course, to 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 be competitive then uh, in the years before, you know, sometimes I I love watching videos and with Twitter, you know, they post old old races and you know it's like you see the grid sometimes ah looking back ah maybe I didn't qualify that good that day and I qualified 12th and you see the guys that are behind me and you know Scott Dixon and Tony Canan and blah 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 you know. <laughs> and he's like, so, so yes, I mean, I was, and I do believe that I was very lucky, you know, um, I drove the era of the best cars ever. I think, you know, the cars have not been that cool since then, <laughs> that fast. And, and, you know, of course, for safety sure. reasons, they keep right. them uh, slower, but the level of drivers, the, the tracks we raced, we raced all over the world in the coolest cars. Uh, with amazing drivers, you know, I, I was, I look back with great memories and thinking, you know, it's, it's what, what I lived and, you know, uh, something, something different. Maybe I, I would not be here, you know, so I have great family, great kids, and I wouldn't change anything in my life or what I have right now. Right. No, that's great. Um, so when you came back in 2012, um, to the Indy 500, 
did, did when you when you were out on track for the first time did it kind of bring back memories like was it kind of like riding a bike like you kind of picked it back up again or was the car just so much different it just felt like just like you've never been there before or what was that like it came back later the, at the beginning i mean i the first lap it was just so fast you know and the wind and everything it was like poof and similar feeling to the first time, you know, it's like, man, I have to go flat out through here. It's going to be impossible, you know, and then you start building up. But I remember uh, I did my refresher, you know, and I mean, I do remember driving with a big smile in the car, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it was, I was so happy and I was smiling and, and, and thinking something that I, I never did before, you know, before the first, in my first, well, from 96 to 2004, you're always driving and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And it, it was like the first time that I thought, man, this is the coolest thing on, on earth and driving with a smile. I, I, I do remember that. And, and after that, you know, you start getting to, to the limits, started, started starting to trim out the car. Of course, like I, I, I told them, you know, we have to very, be, be very conservative. I haven't been in the car for a long time, but it started coming back, coming back. On um, Fast Friday, uh, quite early on, uh, my car got got on fire, and and we, you know, the last couple of steps by trimming it, we lost, we lost it, and you know, we went into qualifying with a big gong known, and I still, we still did good, you know, and in the race, you know, I took a conservative start, and after that. I started moving up through the field, you know, and started passing cars. Um, uh, at some point, we had a, a, a bad stop, lost a lap, you know, passed. I, th- I remember I, I started right behind Scott. He was in the lead. Uh, and I passed him. I was running behind uh, Pagino. Pa- Pagino and myself passed him. And we were riding, I mean, at the front of the field, you know. Um, thinking, ah, I, I can probably pass him, but I didn't want to block him because maybe I pass him, but maybe we lose the lap, you know. So, so I, I felt, I felt very, very comfortable that that day, you know. And I, I do, do think that that I, you know, I I, I was performing at, at a good level and had a good car that year. The next year was not that good, but I, I do think looking back, I could have been driving full time and still do good and I might I mean I'm still driving in Mexico I won that championship last year and you know I I feel like I'm still competitive but it's time for for younger guys to <laughs> to take this opportunity we we went to Mid Ohio uh I'm helping a guy Salvador de Alba Jr he's leading the Super Cup the championship I won last year he's leading it um he's leading the nascar mexico championship and you know he tested on tuesday with andretti in the indeed lights and we are working hard to, to try to, to try to get him a, a full season next year there um so when you look at the car you drove in 96 car in 2012 do you think one was harder to drive than the other or maybe something was different with the 2012 car kind of how how or do you think one was like more challenging than the other or can you really compare them it was like just too far away from each other well it was so far so far apart you know it was what 16 years apart you know 
I mean, if you drive one to the back to the other, I mean, the sensation and the speed from what I can remember, it was it was quite similar. I think, you know, uh, the the field was much more competitive in 2012. So I right. think you had to, uh, I am sure I was much closer to the limit. Uh, you know, I mean, my my lap time, my my steering in my qualifying session, it was all over the place. You know, I was on the edge. You know, and I'm sure in, in 1996 they had me quite conservative. You know, so so it, but that's not because of the car. That's because of of how competitive it was. Sure. So how much does a you know when you just mentioned qualifying, you said the car was all over the place. Um, you know, of course, you you have some limited tools to use in the car. Um, I mean, how how much will that car change? And I realize it depends on how good the setup is, but just say over over an average four lap qualifying run, um, do you notice the fall off immediately after lap one, or is it just something that's gradual, or does it, like I said, is it just an immediate drop off? Uh, like you said, it depends a lot on the on the setup um you know i mean i'm, I'm sure in in 1996 i had some extra downforce so the car was quite uh similar you know in 2012 i remember i was moving everything the weight jacker the bars i mean everything I, I i was trying to modify my lines you know just because the car was totally on the on the edge um in 2013, the car was so bad. I mean, I was faster in my warm-up laps than because what they think is that the, the, the floor was coming apart. So suddenly it was stalling, you know? So suddenly I was losing all the downforce. So if I was lifting a little bit, the car was better. I was, I, I, looking back, I probably would have made the, the, the grid by lifting, but in the race, we were disastrous, no? But I mean, just still, you knew, you had to go flat out, you know. So when I entered the corners flat out, the car just went bad. So, so yes, the main thing it changes much because of the of the setup. But nowadays, when 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 qualifying for the Indy 500, nowadays you are so on the edge to make the grid, you know, because no, I mean, probably 10, 12 guys wake up uh, Saturday morning thinking they are okay to be on the grid, but not, but after 12th, 13th, they are not 100% sure, you know, if the weather changes, it's so, so tight, you know, and so you gotta have, you have to be on the edge. And when you are so in the edge, you, after one lap, the tires start degrading and um, you just think you know what's going to happen, but you're not 100% sure. Right. Well, I mean, look power, at this, like, yeah. yeah. Hinscliffe, when he didn't make it, I mean, you know, and that's that's what you know makes Indy Indy, right? Exactly. You just don't know. You just don't know. Fernando Alonso, one year is a absolute hero, and then next year, he just can't believe what he went through. You know, exactly. so no, I know, and then I feel the pain. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, look yeah. at the names that have that haven't made that. I mean, you know. That made me feel better, you know? It's like, okay, if right. Penske with Emerson and Al Jr. and Paul Tracy didn't make the grid, everybody, you know, and Bobby, and of course, like you said, Kinchley, Fernando, I mean, 
so so many huge huge names i mean andretti with ryan one deer no they had to buy the yeah. seat from Foyt. from Foyt, you know and tag i mean it's it's crazy no yeah. absolutely no, it is it <laughs> yeah. is absolutely crazy um so in some of the other stuff you raised so you raced in world rally right yes i i that that's a funny story uh in 2009, I don't know if you've heard of La Carrera Panamericana. It was a, La Pan, Carrera Panamericana. It was a very big rally in the 50s. The Panamericana, it's a yeah. road that road mm-hmm. from, oh, okay. from South America to Alaska, no? Right. And in the early 50s, uh, when they opened the Mexican park, the president wanted to have a race, and he called La Carrera Panamericana. Actually, the Porsche, the Porsche Carrera, is named Carrera because of this, because of the race, of, of this race, you know. It was a flat out, back then it was a flat out race from the south of the border to the north of the border, you know. In one day you, like green flag to the next town, next morning like that. Nowadays it's more like a rally. And I had never done rallies. A friend invited me in a 1953 Baker. From the Studebaker, it only has a shape, you know, it's a stock car in, in the bottom. And, but we were doing a program. So I was not a TV program in it. So I was not officially in the race, but, but my times were really, really good, very fast. And I won many, many stages. And so the guys, the promoters for the World Rally Championship uh, date in Mexico, they were there and said, hey, we, we, we need a we need to have a Mexican guy doing the full season. Are you interested? And said, of course. So we pulled the, the money and it was just so, so, so hard, you know, because this this other car, it's a he- very heavy. It's like a mm-hmm. stock car, you know, and things happen very slow, you know, now driving. A, I, I was in the production series, but still, you know, it's a four wheel drive, amazing, very fast cars and the competition is crazy. You know, that 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 so this was 2010 and Ot Tanak was the champion and he's still he's still racing and he's he's a world champion now and all that so uh the, the learning you know and making the notes and right. you know going through somewhere that you went three days ago in a different car at <laughs> 40 miles per hour and now you arrive at 120 miles per hour and it's wet and the cars went through there and it was but great experience. I, I was improving, but then the the I mean it was like a short-term deal and but it was I something that I enjoyed and good good experience. And that's gotta be totally different from you know racing at, at a racetrack. I mean, like you say, you have a co-driver, and a lot of people don't realize, I mean, co-driver is almost just as important as a driver. Because I mean, if they give you the wrong notes or whatever, I mean, they can kill you. <laughs> yes, I mean it's you know you make your own notes, so you, so you tell them what to what you want them to tell you, but this right. is three days later, you know. But but it's a lot about experience. I mean, you know, I mean, in like if you see the NASCAR champions are normally older. Like than the younger open wheel cars, you know. I think in open wheel racing, it's more about the ability and about how much you can push, about being in good shape and all that. The talent, I think, in stock cars, yes, talent is very good, but the experience is is more important. No, I think champions are a little bit older. You need the talent, 
but you need to be, but you need to have all the experience. The cars are kind of different and, you know, you, you go to Long Beach and a guy normally is good in Long Beach every year. You go to, to Charlotte and one year a guy is good in Charlotte and the other year is like in, in the speedway, you know, it's kind of similar to that. But in rally it's even more. I think there's only one guy that's been world champion younger than 30 years old, you know? Um, so knowing what you want him to tell you, to imagine how this, the corner is going to be there two or three days later. Right. They destroy, you know, 200 mm -hmm. cars go through it and they destroy the road and, and they, they got a, an amazing speed. How do they do that? I still don't know. You know, and some, some guys say, ah, the rally drivers are the best in the world. But sometimes rally drivers come and do circuit racing and they do terrible because it's different. It's not that who's... I get, what I explain it is like, you know, it's like when, when, Michael, uh, when Michael Jordan went to baseball, it's <laughs> they, it, was, it, was, it was playing with a ball, you know, it was still a, a ball game. Right, sure. But, but it's different, you know. He, he, did, he was doing better, but, you know, he went into the minor leagues and then started going back. He was doing decent, but he didn't light the light of fire. And, and it's transitions like this, I, I believe, are somewhere comparisons like that, you know. Yeah, no, I love rally racing. I went to, um, me and my dad went to Rally America race this year in um, Ohio. Went to one in St. Louis a couple, a couple years ago, and it gives you a whole new respect for it. Um, that was my first time a couple years ago ever at a rally race, and I was hooked after that. I mean, it's it's pretty cool being in the middle of the woods, especially at night, and then just see a car just come flying by. Yes, it's crazy. crazy and um, obviously, like Ken Block and Pastrana are doing that. And Ken Block, he was – I know he did some World Rally. It might have been a couple years after you were in it. I think it was like 2012. No. Or was it the same year? Same I mean, I mean, I think he still did more, but I remember – I mean, I remember we were, I was in the production class. He was in the top class, but yes, it was 2010. He was still there. I mean, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, that guy, very smart guy, obviously with DC shoes and everything he's done, um, you know, with Gymkhana and YouTube, a very smart guy. Very smart guy. Yes. Very, very smart. You know, so obviously like you alluded to earlier, your father raising a young racer and uh, like you said, that his career is coming along. It's going to be here quicker than you think, right? I mean, that, uh, you know, his, his uh, potentially he could be where you are, you know, here in just a, a few short years. And, uh, you know, knowing today what you didn't know then, uh, do you give your son a, a lot of advice or do you let him kind of figure it out on his own and just kind of guide him when he asks? Or kind of are you hands off or more hands on? Well, it was just his first race. It came quite quickly, you know. Right. Um, I, we, I'm, I got divorced from his mom, what, um, 11 years ago. Um, and he didn't come to, I mean, you know, like when he was little, I mean, back then, I mean, I was... I was I was racing in when like in rallying. Of course, he just came to the rally in Mexico, but in rallies it's very hard to see, you know. Especially in 2010, you know, they were five and three, so they just saw me arrive to the to the station, you know, it's like so nothing. And then so he saw me a couple of races. He they came to see me to the Indy 500, 
but not 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 many races. And then when I started racing back again more back in Mexico, they wouldn't come to many races. So I thought that it doesn't interest him much. Uh, in like in 2014 or something like 15, we went to Miami because was in Florida, he was diagnosed with ADD. And we found in Mexico, and a lot of in the world, they give them a pill, you know, to calm them down. And we found a doctor that, you know, gives them some therapy. So, and with Adrian, he lives there. So we spent the weekend there with Adrian, his kids. And, you know, I guess, I guess he heard so much about racing and, we, and the plane back. He said, Dad, I want to drive. I said, okay. <laughs> and so I told him, you need a sponsor. No, you sponsor me. And I, I, I sponsor your school. That's, that's about it. <laughs> As I can right. afford, you know, I, I pay for school and that's all I can do. And I said, oh, I can, I, I have money. I'll sponsor myself. Okay, how much you have? It's like 50 bucks, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, so I made the numbers, of you the blah, 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 the go-kart, the fuel, the mechanic, the travel, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, it's, not. it's like for the first time that he saw, okay, math, you need math because you need to, to, <laughs> to, to right. work out the numbers. So this, he was like nine years old back then. And he made a little presentation. He went to see some uncles and all that. And after a couple of weeks, he stopped. But then um, <laughs> last year, he started pushing again, you know, with, uh, with COVID. Uh, I got a simulator. I got invited to, it was a called like a legends, legends race that uh, we were racing on the weekends with many some IndyCar guys and next Formula One cars, ex Formula One guys. So he would start driving on the simulator in the simulator sometimes. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. I, I went to drive and said, okay. Uh, so you know, we got this this car that I was telling you. We went. We took him testing back in November. In the first day, he that he did he did pretty good for his first day. But um, with COVID, uh, my other son was st- starting abroad. His mom. Uh, in Mexico, still last uh, school year was full uh, online through Zoom. So my my other son was studying abroad and with classes, you know, in the school. So my, his mom got him to go to this school. This school, sorry. And and so the first semester he was there, but then he came back. We, t- we took him testing. He did good. It was a 25 car grid. Uh, 12, 12 rookies, but for the season, you know. So he was the he was he was the only one that was his first race. He right. out of the 15, 25 cars, we just one day testing in November, one day testing in in that, that Thursday. He qualified 15th, uh, like fourth of the rookies. But I made him start dead last. You know, it's like you know they have a standing start. And I told him, you know, this, they had to practice qualifying, a warm-up and the race. So I told him, this weekend we have five practices, you know. Each session is a practice. It's learning. You know, I told him, if you, if you start their 15th, if you stall or somebody stalls, you crash in that, you lost the opportunity to learn, no? And, you know, some people were, ah, you should let, let, let him do it. But I think it was the right decision. He started at last. I told him the first corner you cannot pass anybody, and then then he started passing little by little. And when he got past like the first seven, six, seven cars, there was a big gap. There was a yellow. He came close. 
he was running third of the rookies, I believe like 12th overall. And then he, his, car, his car stalled, uh, a cable and had a problem and his car just stalled. Uh, but he was, you know, they did, they did a podium for the, for the experts or whatever, the regular guys, and a podium for the rookies. He was there in third, ready and ready to pushing the guy for second. And I think, of course, it would have been cool for him to get a podium in his first race, but I think it's better in the long, it would have been too easy, you know, and now he's hungry, he wants to do it. I was very proud of him. So coming back to how much I advise him, I think it's, a little bit yeah, a little bit yes but on the weekend I, I was trying to stay a little bit away you know I think sometimes you need to learn and you need to leave some things to to really learn them you know uh, because if everything is just told until you don't leave them so you gotta let him make some mistakes and go from there you know but this year it's an eight it's an eight weekend season there was already three before so he's not fighting for any championship i want him to to just learn uh he did decently good but but how much talent he has i don't know i'm right now i'm just happy that we travel to the races together we get to spend more time together and he gets to de- live a different life i think sports whatever kind of sports is the best thing you can can give you especially at that age you know uh keeping him out of trouble and what happens in the next couple of years then is when we'll see you know how good it is and if we start trying to take it to the next level yeah i think that's great you know and you've, you've got the at the very least you you two now have a common ground exactly. something you can really share and and um a shared experience i guess is what i'm trying to say so yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's some you see some dads who are just so involved, you know, they like they want to tell their kids how to do everything. And then you see others and and honestly, you see kind of more uh, the more successful dads. A lot of times the ones who were maybe a little more successful in their career, they seem to pull back a little bit, I, I feel. And they're not quite as hard on the kids. They 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 want them to learn kind of more the harder way. Yes, because you you know, I mean, my dad was always very pulled pulled back, especially especially in, in the states. But even before, you know, I mean, my my first two years in racing, you know, I mean, I went testing twice, and I was twelve. I started twelve, you know. I mean, okay. I didn't have a driver's license. You need to test every day. I mean, as much as possible. And I was test racing with guys that their dads were not in racing. So the, every weekend they were racing, you know, so they were at the maximum, you know, so, so you learn to push yourself more, you know, because you are, when you have a disadvantage, you, you try to overcome those disadvantages, you know, and if you make it too easy, then too easy, you know, it's the same, you know, when I, when the, I was happy that he was doing good, but I'm like, man, he's going to be in the podium in his first race. That's not normal. Right. You know? Right. And. Um, and I was actually very proud, you know, when he stopped, you know, they, they pulled the car into the pit and I came by and his first question was, uh, what happened? Well, I don't, uh, I don't know. When they found out, I told him their uh, cable broke and he told me, ah, was it my fault? You know, and he came out, well, he, he finished, he, he came out of the car, uh, sad and a little pissed off, but with the situation. But he was very good to the guys in the car. Uh, he was happy at 
30 seconds later, he was smiling, you know, and, and you know, it was a very, it was what I wanted to see of him, you know, he, everybody told him how good he was doing, so he know he can do good, but at the same time, he learned, he respects now, you know, the other guys, the mechanics, the job, the, you know, that it doesn't come easy, and then we'll see. For me right now, I see it as a, like I said, to, like you said, to, to have something in common, spend the weekends together, um, and for him to to learn life lessons for life, you know, for to to for everything that happened, for every, I mean, to if everybody that has gotten to IndyCar or 99% of the guys that have gotten to IndyCar have a story, you know, behind them, and so many things got together. And so many things, there, so many times their career was over, you know, and something happened. So it's, you know, for mm. him to make it to the big leagues, it's so hard. It's just not talent, you know. So the chances are so small, but, but he's living a good moment and we're going to live it together. Wow. Yeah, and you, I mean, that's kind of what it's all about. At the end of the day, no matter what, how it ends, uh, the story you know, the ride itself is probably sometimes worth as much as the destination. Exactly. You know? no, like I told you before, I mean, I, you know, if I, if I could have, would have, should have, whatever, I would have been a champion, you know, and I could have signed a huge contract. Probably I, I had everything there and maybe I could still be there and have huge amounts of money and trophies. But maybe I would have died in a crash later or I get paralyzed or, you know, I, I got married a fantastic uh, girl, didn't work out, but we had the best three kids. I got remarried, she has three kids, you know, so I wouldn't change any, anything for, for this. So yes, the, the ride is the best and to learn and, you know, to, just to know, I think it's what it's important to, to appreciate these, these opportunities and whatever life throws at you, just take it and appreciate it. Right. Yep. No, I think that, you know, that's definitely all you can really do. Um, so outside of racing, obviously you do um, some like driver development stuff like you were talking about. And also you are hooked up with Hoosier Tire, right? Yeah, we're the distributors for Hoosier Tire in Mexico. Uh, we promote the championship I'm, I'm driving because the sponsors asked me to. They want me to drive, but we promote the Supercopa, which is a we have four classes. Is the semi trucks with Freightliner. We've done this for seven years with them now. Uh, a touring car GT class. It's uh, based on the TA2 chassis from How. You know How mm -hmm. Racing. They built our mm -hmm. chassis. In, uh, but we it's like the TA2, but the chassis, the top is more like a GT car or touring car. Um, but we put a sequential six-speed sequential transmission, paddle shifting, traction, traction control, trying to, to have the, the good things of an American car, you know, with a tubular chassis, but trying to make it more technologic, uh, like the European car, you know, trying to differentiate ourselves from that. It has this Formula car that I told you, my son drives, we call it Formula 5, and a motorcycle 600cc class that all the four classes race uh all those weekends so it's it's good fun busy hard hard times you know with covid and the sponsors sure. struggling 
really really hard but you know right right now surviving is is like winning and you know so far <laughs> we have survived and you know hopefully this thing you if we for are you guys facing are you guys facing the uh, tire shortage problem that like the american like the sprint like i, I come from more of a sprint car midget type background mm -hmm. and and uh of course late models and dirt cars and sprint cars and that they're all you know got this tire shortage in that you know, no, it's, no, it's terrible. I know because we have like a monthly distributors meeting and everybody, but, but, but they tell us and, and the, the distributors in the States say, no, you know, all the other manufacturers have the same or even bigger problems. I think right. we has the, the problems, but less than the, the, that less than the rest. It's a great company. Let me tell you, I, we are so happy. We were, we have worked on and off with them since 1993 when my dad bought the first tires from them and they are they are the best partners and i know how hard they are working to to try to supply all these you know and we all work together you know for us i mean for everybody shipping is big part of your cost mm -hmm. you know, or imagine bringing a truck to mexico it's very it's very very expensive so we try to put as many tires as we possibly can you know but now you know sometimes I mean, sometimes we bring 50 tires because that's all we we that's all we get and it, it brings right. the cost higher up but we try to work you know and they say okay michelle what's the minimum you need okay because then they try to help somebody else you know and sometimes i mean even having to adjust dates and trying to work work together uh to try to get everybody together but i know i know on the dirt is is where they everybody's hurting the most and it's crazy because everybody's hurting but selling tires selling more tires so right where is people where is people getting their money from i, I need to talk <laughs> to these, i need to, to talk to all these people to help me <laughs> well you know uh Allgaier's, you know justin Allgaier's dad gator yeah, mike has that yeah mike has a big distributorship here, here in indianapolis in springfield illinois yeah, and uh man those sprint car teams will roll up there and just load up i mean tire after tire after tire if they're able to it is yeah, stunning yeah. and they are good people i like i'm of course i've met, I've met justin and mike there in the annual distributors meeting and uh, they they are fantastic family great business yeah uh they bring everybody i am you know it surprises me i mean how justin how can be so successful uh driving successful with his family and he knows everything about the business he knows the tires what they are selling what they are having trouble i mean justin is a, a smart a smart guy uh and he when he retires from driving we hope i hope not not, not in a long time because he's giving us a good show but but he he will do very good for their business oh yeah he uh he definitely will he's he's smart kid i i first started watching race when he was 12 or 14 something like that and uh you know obviously just watched him come along but uh yeah he's he and his family just great people so great people yeah. yes 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 no it's he's a good guy good family you know and, and everybody in Hoosier, you know it's it's a it's a good family of course now with the continental continental buying them it's it's becoming a little bit more corporate but still more still you know they they are they are really good to work with. bob passed away um, Bob Newton, Bob Newton.
right? His first name is Bob. Yeah. He passed away, yeah. what, uh, five years ago now, something like that? Well, I don't know. I think it was something like no, that. Probably, no, more than that. Is it, was it longer than that? Oh, yes. Or maybe yes. Um, it's just because, you know, I got more involved in the in the tires with, with my dad. When was that? Like in 2000 and... 16 somewhere around then and i think he had already passed okay away so i could i couldn't remember was, quite when yeah yeah because i mean his wife was just last year or the year before no just just a right. couple of years ago yes yeah so as you're um how hard was it i mean i guess you really haven't truly retired but how hard was it for you to to kind of you know, when, as you're getting a little older and maybe the opportunities weren't quite in IndyCar anymore, was it hard for you to start making these transitions out of the sport and more into business? Or was it something, you know, like Bruno Jancaris had said that, you know, he had already planned on being out of the sport kind of when he was. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and a couple other people we've talked to is the same way. Did you already kind of see a transition for yourself you know, in the big picture as you were going along? Well, for me, I, it's hard because I, and some of, some of the mistakes I've done in my career, the decision, the bad decisions I've made come to because I love driving so much. I, I don't think I will ever retire. Right. You know? I mean, how much and what I drive, I don't know, you know, uh, you know, and actually now this, like this past week now with my son, you know, see him drive. I was so nervous watching and I know that, you know, I, I at some point I will probably enjoy more watching him. And, you know, right. it's quite busy for me the weekends, you know, because we promote the series, but the sponsors want me to drive and I'm still driving. I'm still doing okay. Right. Uh, so, but then this, that weekend was crazy with him driving, me driving two series, you know, and, and the championship, it was crazy. So, you know, um, just like, I don't care to, to right now, if I drive good, if I don't drive, I don't care too much, you know, but you know, there, somebody invite me to a long, uh, to a 24 hour race. I will do it. You know, I mean, it's just for mm -hmm. me. Uh, there is these guys have a dirt track up north in Mexico City and they do like um, the same like a legends race every year for like NASCAR Mexico drivers and famous guys and I enjoy driving I mean if you saw the, if you saw the cars I drive they the Mexican drivers wouldn't drive them you know uh, <laughs> the, the NASCAR Mexico they and I don't care you know and I was more successful than I don't care you know like I, what I what I did right. I enjoy I really enjoy to be behind uh, the seat of a, of, of a car, you know? And so, but for how long I, I right right now, I'm at a point that I, I don't care too much. Are you um, a naturally extremely competitive person? I mean, are you the kind of person that, uh, you know, kind of wants to be the person who always drives, the person who always is kind of first out the door and, and that type of thing, or is that, you know, because a lot of a lot of races we've had on here, they're extremely competitive. You know, they want to win at everything. Um, is that are you kind of that way, or are you more laid back? 
No, if I am playing, I am giving my 100% in anything, you know? Yeah. Whatever. I mean, um, some, some things I don't care, but it's, it's not a competition. But, but if, it's, if there is a competition in it, I am, I am in it and I want, to, I, want to, I want to win no matter what. Right. I, I know some people I won't even play board games with. You know, they're just that competitive, you know, so I, I you know, it, I think it varies a little bit, but you always find that really, you always see with racers, there's typically just a really strong competitive streak in them. Yes. Yes. I mean, even for the board, I mean, maybe you are not good at it, but you're trying your best, no? Right. Right. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, sometimes in some board games, I, or if I play chess with my dad, I know he's better than me you know and i know he i mean if he beats me i understand he beats me but but i'm concentrated you know i am trying to to think and sometimes and at night i'm like oh jesus why i didn't make that <laughs> move you know I, that that does happen a lot you know if i play tennis with the kids you know i mean they are my my wife's kids are now what 20 i mean we have between the two of us we have six kids they are the four boys are 20, 17, 16, and 14. So to keep up with them is hard, you know, and I, so far, I mean, we haven't played like in the last year, but no one has beaten me yet. I know, <laughs> I know now, I know now the oldest, the oldest one will beat me because he's been playing a lot, but still, you know, I, I give my 100%. And even for them, you know, if, you know, some, some dads that let their kids beat them, is like, you're doing them damage. You, they have, you know, they, they got to, to beat you, they gotta work hard. Right. No, I, I think I believe the same thing. I just I love that you just threw that in there that they they still ain't beat dad yet. Yet. Yes. Yet. <laughs> yes, yes. And I know with my son, you know, when with this Formula car, when we got it, it was last year, it the same track that he raced in Queretaro. And you know, they gave it to us, and it was in the weekend, and I I have I'm I, mean, I started racing in a Cars similar to this, but this was Jesus in 1988, you know. So, what's that? 33 years apart, 32 years apart. So I go in, and in three laps, I mean, it's like starting guys, you know. But still, there's guys that have been racing five, six years these cars, and in three laps, I was in P1 in the in the session, no. <laughs> From then on, we went to to the track. I did one lap, and on his first day after. Like 30 laps, he ended up being a couple of tenths faster than me. So he was all, all happy, you know. I did only one lap. <laughs> and then uh, he, he was, oh, I'm faster than you, I'm faster than you, I'm faster than you. And then on the weekend, uh, he stayed, he was like, on his fastest lap, he was like two and a half seconds lower than what I, the, the lap I did with, with, on that day, you know, but it was serious practice for me that 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 time that I did only one lap it was just to make sure the car breaks and that he jumps into a safe car you know so he was like ah, come on how can you do that and I was, <laughs> I was proud he's like okay still, still he knows now he still knows and but you know if one day he beats me like at some point you know I, I, I couldn't beat my dad and at some point I started beat, beating him and I'm sure uh, it hurt him but he was the happiest, you know. I'm sure it, it must be it must because you know when I started beating my dad, he was still being very competitive, and 
and if that, that time comes, you know, I am going to be the the happiest, but but I won't make it easy for him for sure. <laughs> if if that time comes, <laughs> yeah, maybe I retire before that so to, make, <laughs> to make sure I always be was faster than him. That's right. Um, so kind of in closing, so if, if you were, and this is a question I may start asking people, if, if you could go back in time and talk to 18 year old, your 18 year old Michelle Jordan Jr., would there be one piece of advice or something you would tell yourself or would you just kind of let it play out? No, of course, many, I mean, to work on my fitness, I think at some point my fitness was not very good, but I, I didn't have I didn't have many people advising me, you know, I mean, on my fitness, yes. And to, to look at, at it more as for my career, you know, the, the fitness, definitely in the, in the, in the car days, uh, my first two or three years, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I could have been more fit and I probably made some mistakes in some races late in the races that I was, that I made a mistake because I got tired. I think looking back, um, Uh, like I said, they are looking at it more as, as a business, but then maybe I would have not enjoyed it or that, sure. things like that. It's, it's so hard to know. Oh, yeah. You know? Because, For sure. Yes, I had some opportunities that I didn't take or that I could have looked up for. Um, so, yes, it's, it's so hard. But those, those, two, those two probably maybe um, moving. I spent a lot of time in the shop. I like to and with the teams, but you know, moving, spend, spending maybe even a little bit more time would have been probably a little, a little bit, a little bit better. Also, I enjoyed it a lot. But you know, Mexico is so close. A lot of the guys, you know, the all the European guys were like, yes, if Mexico's, if if my home was as close, they would have lived at home. You know, for me, when living in Mexico City going to California is closer than for the guys in Miami, you know, or vice versa, going to the East Coast from the guys from the West Coast. It's quite close. So that's why I always live here in the summer when, when it was busy. I stayed, you know, with uh, some a crew guy invited me to stay at home or something. But yes, spending a little bit more time at, at the shop with the team would have been would have been good. Absolutely. Um, well, there's a question that Scott always likes to ask kind of as a, a last question before we close. I'll let him go ahead and ask it. Yeah. So, I mean, and a lot of times the, the answer to this is it can be very obvious after the discussion we've had. Um, but I always like to ask, and it also gives a chance for you to acknowledge maybe someone you haven't spoke about. Um, I always like to ask who would you feel has been the most influential person in your career or, or even someone you admired or somebody who is like a champion of yours um, that maybe people don't know about? Well, the most logic is my dad, you know, because of course being right. here and, you know, of course that's a, the most influential, definitely, no? And in, in my life as general, and I'm proud of that. Um, but other than that, it's, it's so many. You know, I mean, because yeah, my dad, yeah. although he was big part, but but I I started my way quite early. You know, he he made the decision about calling Dick Simon and from then on. But still, you know, there's a couple uh, brothers, 
Alejandro and Jorge Devil Dogs in Mexico. Uh, they took me under their wing. They had a small team, uh, low budget, and they took me under their wing at 14. And at the time, I it was it was hard, but they they made huge sacrifices for me. And they had kids my age, a couple older, a couple younger. But what they did for me, I mean, I love them so much. Uh, they are they are crazy important in my life. Jose Le was good, but you know, Jose Le had a team. You know, he he saw potential in me. The sponsors wanted me in the car, and you know, he had the Marlboro team, and he he put me, and he was good to me. But it's not like, but but I was a good option for for him then. Um, but these two guys were incredibly important, you know. Um, and the events, you know, that phone call I told you, you know, it's something mm -hmm. that he didn't have to do. He's a potential, and, and 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 that was, you know, that was that's something that 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 was that was also quite 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 impo important, you know, because. Of course, every team owner, you know, every mechanic, every engineer, I really thank them, and you know, but but every, I think everybody at some point, you know, they thought there is some potential or there is also some good in having me. I think those, uh, especially the, the Alejandro and Jorge Dibilox, Jorge passed away uh, like 10 years ago or a little, a couple more, and it's very, very sad. A person that I miss dearly. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that answer. And, and there's uh, oftentimes, like you said, there's so many people. And if you grew up in a racing family, it's it's typically it's going to be your mother or father or, or whomever. But it's always nice to to uh, hear about people that you would not normally hear about. Exactly. Um, you know, because it, there there are so many hidden heroes that yes. help it especially a young driver you know along so and, and, for, and for me it's like that you know they they gained nothing from helping me. right absolutely nothing actually it cost them money i'm sure you know and you know having kids kids are the same age that i'm sure would have probably been happy driving so things like this and and for me they they are family for me you know um it's people that i love like family and that i am and will always be uh thankful for everything they've done yeah so yes there you are there it is there we appreciate it and once again thank you so much for being on really do appreciate it thank you thank you so much and it was such a great talk and um Man, I just hope those racers keep finding money to keep buying tires, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, Scott yes, knows yes. how much tires cost. Yeah, yes. I've I bought quite a few tires in my lifetime. So yes, but I mean, of course, the mar the market in Mexico is much much smaller. Most of the racing, right. I mean, racing is a hundred times smaller, and ninety nine percent of the racing in Mexico is done on street tires. You know, so right. Right. I probably buy one hundred. Uh, times less tires than the Algiers do, but but still, you know, it's it's good and we're trying to push it and, you know, proud to be uh, working with Kusher and, you know, try to, to grow with them. 
Well, I, and like you said, I mean, Hoosiers, Hoosiers been around a long time. They've really been a huge part of the sport, uh, you know, through their points funds and just everything they've done that I know about here in America. And uh, I don't think you could have a better partner. So yes. Um, so if you're if you're choosing to sell race tires, that's ones I'd I'd sell. That's yes, for yes. sure. Exactly. Yes. No. That we. That's a that's that's a plan. Hopefully, something that will last for forever. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You too. And thank you very much. And I'm always here. You know, if at some point you want to discuss something or do this in a couple of years or next year or whenever, I'm happy to do Absolutely. It. Yeah, right. no, we appreciate that. And yeah. Hey, we're, and uh, I'm going to make sure Aaron uh, puts it in his calendar. We'll follow your son's career. Perfect. And then we'll... Uh, We'll keep tabs on it. Yes, perfect. Thank you very much. Yep, and we'll see you either at a racetrack again or um, I I know you're usually a PRI. I'll be a PRI probably, so I'll see you there if you're there. Yeah, we have a a race that weekend, so maybe we'll be only on Thursday or something. Um, It depends also on the Hoosier distributors meeting. It's normally Monday and Tuesday, and then PRI Thursday from Thursday to Sunday, but we are supposed to be racing that weekend, so we don't know yet, but but hopefully we'll see you there. Absolutely. All right. Um, Well, thank you so much. And yep, we'll talk soon. Thanks.